Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Today on State of the World, a tour of Gaza's ancient sites now lost to war. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Monday, February 5th. I'm Greg Dixon. The war between Hamas and Israel has caused immense amounts of suffering. A catastrophic number of people have been killed, injured, or displaced. In Gaza, there's been vast destruction of homes, mosques, and other buildings. And among those buildings, some historical sites are also in ruins. NPR's Daniel Estrin visited many of Gaza's ancient landmarks before the war began. He's been finding out what's happened to them. In 2019, my colleague Abu Bakr Bashir and I went in search of Gaza's rich cultural history that's often been overlooked throughout decades of conflict. And we produced a mini travel guide to Gaza City. This is the market of Gaza. Look at these tiny carrots, grape leaves in a pile. Hey, rabbits in a cage, spices, and my favorite store in Gaza. Oh, hi. Come on in, come on in. Salim Arias ran this antiques shop for more than 30 years. He'd sell little pieces of Gaza's history, vintage photos and maps, and khamsas, good luck charms. And I got you what you want. Really? <laughs> yeah, the khamsa. Here they are. Beautiful. Then Hamas attacked Israel October 7th, the deadliest day Israelis have ever faced. And Israel began bombarding Gaza, the deadliest war Palestinians have ever faced. And since then, I haven't been able to reach the antique seller. I wondered what became of his shop and the other cultural and historical sites we visited back then. Journalists have been barred from entering Gaza during the war. So we contacted Omar al-Qatar, one of the few local photojournalists who did not flee Gaza City during the war. We asked him to document what some of those landmarks look like now. During a recent lull in fighting in Gaza City, he ventured outside to witness a shattered landscape. That's him walking among the rubble. He found that every site we toured back then is destroyed badly damaged or inaccessible. The antique shop is in ruins. Old film negatives are among the debris. He walked across the street to Gaza's last traditional Turkish bath, the Hammam. It's been leveled. It was originally run by members of the ancient Samaritan religion and restored in the 14th century. Bath attendants would give full-body oil scrubs. Pinpricks of light would stream through the colorful dome. 38-year-old Ahmed Eliassi was standing in front of the ruins. I have many, many memories here, he says. I'd come with my friends to bathe. Now there is no hammam. This heritage site, they destroyed it totally. We only see ashes, destruction, stones. He says, I'm honestly stunned. I didn't expect that they'd level it. 
I reached Palestinian-American author Laila al-Haddad in the U.S. Her parents grew up in Gaza, and she lived there for a time as well, and wrote books about Gaza. My father was a regular visitor to this hammam. He absolutely loved it. It was like his Friday ritual. It was like this historic little spa in the center of old Gaza City. I showed her the images our photographer took of the destroyed spa of the largely destroyed Omari Mosque, Gaza's oldest and most iconic site, which stretched back to Crusader times and had blue carpeted floors and stained glass windows, places that withstood centuries of upheaval until now. To see these places of beauty and culture completely obliterated, it just seems sort of vengeful to me. Yeah, it's, it's really heartbreaking to, to see all this and to, to think about the city that I cherish, that I'm from, that I love, in complete ruins. The Israeli military told NPR it bombed the mosque and the bathhouse. It said militants used tunnels inside both sites. The military blamed the, quote, malicious exploitation by Hamas of civilian buildings, including significant, mainly religious sites, for its own terrorist purposes. I see all these pictures, and really what I try, what I want to remember Gaza as is not um, sand and rocks. I want to remember it for how I knew it and how I hope it's going to be again one day. A place of great beauty, a place famous for its hospitality and its innovation um, and its resilience. One of the sites we visited on our tour five years ago was Pasha's Palace, According to Gaza historians, Napoleon slept three nights there in 1799 during his military campaign in the region. Our guide was Gaza archaeology teacher Ayman Hassuna. Oh, it's beautiful here. Yeah. There were relics on display from Gaza's ancient past, long ceramic jars that traveled on ships from Gaza around the Mediterranean carrying precious liquids. Oil or wine? You seem very proud about, of these jars. Yes, and when I see these jars, I uh, lived before uh, 1,000 years ago. Gaza have peace in this period. Gaza had peace in that period. And have a good economy in this period. Gaza opened in that period of all the world. Now the ornate building that displayed those relics is completely shattered. The Israeli military said it could not gather information about what happened. Five years ago, Hasuna showed us these landmarks with pride for his Gazan heritage. But since the war, he's had to flee his home, along with about 1.7 million Gazans. He hasn't seen what happened to the sites we toured. So we sent him the images our photographer took. He texted back, I am shocked by the photos. I cannot believe what has happened. It's like a nightmare. That's NPR's Daniel Estrin. You can see some of the photos he referenced and find all of our coverage of this conflict at npr.org slash updates. And that's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. 
like not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options within your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 